Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, guys. This is the Armor Report. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a show about stock market investing for those of you who are new. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. And what we're doing here is quantum mental investing. It's a combination of quantitative execution with a fundamental foundation. And that's how we create our information edge. And it's what I share with you every day. Now, Surrounded by screens, this is a live trading desk. I'm sharing my information from 30-plus years of managing money, managing my own capital. So I'm not exactly telling you how to trade. I don't know you. I don't know your risk tolerance. And everything we do on this desk begins with managing risk. So what I'm trying to do is share information with you um, that I've fought hard to gather over three-plus decades in the hopes of doing two things. One, elevate your success, make it easier for you to protect your capital and still increase your net worth over time. And also, it helps me. Thanks for being here, guys, because it just keeps me honest. and makes me execute right. So anyway, live trading desk, right? Uh, surrounded by screens, phones might ring. Bear with me if I have to I'll take a call real quick. This is the Week in Review. Every Friday, what I like to do is start off with a discussion about what our algorithms are telling us when it comes to managing risk. So we follow seven indexes using ETFs, and we have proprietary algorithms. That's the quantitative execution part that drives our decision process. For the last five or so weeks, we've been talking about adding cautiously big cap dividend payers. That's our focus. So I'm going to go over that again and tell you where we are in that cycle of the market. Then we're going to talk about where we've been right and where we've been wrong and kind of change the terminology because it's not about right or wrong. It's about making money. So I'm going to share with you some chart patterns of where we've been stopped out of our positions and where we've taken the right positions and now our net worth is building. So we're going to focus on stop losses. I delved into this issue for beginners yesterday in a pop-up live stream where I took 10 minutes and I just tried to share with you psychologically what you should expect when you go into an, a new equity position. So I'll briefly touch on that and then go a little more into, into depth about how I choose my stop uh, uh, positions because I've been getting those questions from subscribers. So we'll go into that a bit. And then, of course, um, when I talk about where we've been successful, where we haven't, that means we're going to touch on topics in the past like cannabis, like precious metals, like energy. 
okay? But we're also going to focus on some of the dividend payers and how they're performing. So we'll go over all of that. And um, then I want to wrap up with a discussion. Those of you who follow me on Twitter, at Brett Rosenthal or on Stock Twits, um, got into an interesting discussion yesterday uh, about um, secondary offerings, shelf registrations. And so this is a bit for beginners. If you don't know what all that terminology is, I'm going to share with you why I put out a tweet about organogram and the shelf offering that's out there and what it means to investors, to real institutions managing real money, not individuals throwing around their own cash, but real money. I've been doing this over three decades, and I can tell you what it means when a company has a shelf registration and they're looking to, to um, particularly when they're looking to add equity shares to the market. So we're going to talk about that. We'll wrap up there. Um, okay. Without further ado, let's jump to it. I'll tell you what I want to do today. Let's start, um, as we always do with the indexes. We're still muddled. Now, you can say, how can we possibly call it muddled with markets making all-time new highs? Well, we have seven indexes. Some of those indexes aren't even close to new highs. Some are making new highs. So we're not getting a uniform move in the market, and therefore we don't get aggressive. So if you think about this from a green light, yellow light, red light perspective, if you look at a risk monitor, which I'm going to provide for you on our website that we're building right now. It should be up in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. It's not up yet, so don't go there. But when it is, we're going to have a risk monitor in there. You'll be able to access what our algorithms are saying um, on a daily basis. And so we've been on this yellow light where um, we can't get a, uh, incredibly aggressive because we're seeing these negative divergences all over the market. But at the same time, markets making new highs, some of the big indexes. And so it allows us to put capital to work. Um, and what I'm going to highlight today is uh, our decision to put capital to work in Disney. Now, if you're following the Armour Report, you would remember we talked about Disney weeks ago. And I showed you what we were looking for to get long Disney. Now, I can't tell you when I buy Disney. I mean, that's something that, um, and I, and I, you know, between you and me, I don't know, again, your risk tolerance. So I couldn't tell you when to buy it or how to buy it. But for those of you who are interested in when I'm literally buying a stock like Disney, you can do two things. One, you can invest with me, right? I manage capital at Interactive Brokers, and so I have uh, assets there, and I manage those assets, and we own Disney. Or... In the next couple of weeks, when the armorreport.com is up and running, there will be the Armor Insider. It's going to be a subscription service where you will find out at the end of each day what stocks we're adding or subtracting to our Armor portfolios. You'll be able to drill down and look at the four separate portfolios we're managing, conservative, balanced, aggressive, and index only, and you'll see where we're allocated. Amongst other things we're going to do for the Armour Insiders, we're going to share information through that subscription um, that we generate from our fundamental research when we sit down and talk to management teams of companies and information we generate from our 
quantitative proprietary algorithms that help us execute. So quick wrap up, we can review when it comes to the indexes, we're still in this, um, some places that are wildly underperforming, some that are making new highs. And so we continue to just focus on the dividend payers because the primary theme that's working best for us this year are blue chip dividend companies that have gone through a sell-off in their stock or a consolidation of a meaningful amount because of a transient problem that management's fixing. And when all that comes together and our quantitative algorithms tell us the entry points here, we put positions on. Disney is an example of this, and it's the prime example. And of course, last night they had a great earnings announcement. Stock was up, I don't know, six, seven percent at one point. It's up, you know, three, four percent right now. Um, Disney's not the type of a stock where you would expect it to be up 10, 15, 20% on an earnings announcement. It's just too big. It doesn't move like that. But what we're hoping we're seeing now is a continuation of a major breakout. So let me share with you. I'm going to do it a little bit differently now. I'm going to do a screen capture. Hopefully you all can see that. Okay. Um, Erez, I will talk about uh, uh, MO in a minute. Okay? But for right now, let's just focus on um, this chart right here. This is a chart pattern of Disney. This is a weekly pattern of Disney. So you could see a consolidation of not months, but years. Stock was trading in a tight trading range going back to 2015. Then we had that blowout earlier this year when they announced they were going to roll out Disney Plus, which was the Netflix type of streaming service, right? And I told you then, I'm not buying the big breakout. What I'm going to buy is the first pullback to the 50-day moving average. This is a play right out of my playbook, guys. You can do this on your own. When you see a big name make a massive announcement like that and huge money comes in, that's not, that's not me and you buying a stock back there in the middle or early uh, 2019. That's institutions believing in Disney+. Plus. It blew out of that pattern. Now, let's take a look at the daily. Okay? That green box is the gap up. It's a gap up. It never closed the gap. That's one of the most bullish chart patterns you can find. But what it does do is come back down. You can see my cursor here. It comes back down. And um, double bottoms on the 200-day moving average, okay, which is this um, green line right here. And on that double bottom, I came on here and I said to you guys, guys, this is the area you want to buy Disney. I can't give you a fundamental picture on what their earnings are going to be. I don't know. But what I can tell you is the reward is worth the risk. I can tell you that investors have a major change in perception of the, co of the company back in April. That was the massive gap up off of a huge base. 
This is the first pullback down to the 200-day moving average, complete with a double bottom. That I can tell you. Okay? Right here is the double bottom. You can see that little hand. That I can tell you is the entry point. There's the entry point right there. Is it the second touch of the 200-day holds? It starts to break out, and the thing is nothing but look, you know, nothing but gone up. And of course, the earnings number was better than expected. Okay, so step one, or I don't know what step this is at this point, but when it comes to my playbook, you know, I I, I try to share ideas with you from my playbook. I shared last week step by step how we buy big dividend payers, blue chip, that have gone through sell-offs. This is a different example. This is a big blue chip that's cleared massive um, amounts of, uh, of consolidation on a new story. Those of you who like Investor's Business Daily, you should read the book, How to Make Money in Stocks. This is classic. New idea. Can Slim is the acronym, if those of you who know what I'm talking about. The N of Can Slim is new idea. There it is on Disney, Disney Plus. Major breakout. Pullback. First pullback to the 200-day, in this case, sometimes the 50. This was the 200. Double bottom setup. It's perfect. The reward's worth the risk. The probabilities are in your favor. Boom. Then they have a great earnings announcement. I didn't know that the earnings announcement was going to be great. I just knew the probability was right and the risk-reward was right, and we put the position on. Okay? Let's move on. Things that we were getting right, things that we're getting wrong. That's what we're talking about today, right? So we clearly got Disney right. Now, I've been talking about AMLP. Okay? Take a look at that. Wow. This hasn't worked. Okay? But where are the stops? And I'm going to get to stop loss discipline. Why don't we get to it right now? I had a question. Now, if you can see these yellow lines here, guys, this is where I'm stopped out. So we get into the position on the consolidation here back in July. It breaks out above the 200-day, reverses and breaks down. You have to be stopped out right there. Comes down, sets up another double bottom. You can put your position back on. The yield's almost 10%. It rockets higher. Again, comes back down. You've got to stop yourself out. You shouldn't be taking losses on a position that's gone up. Okay, so here's, here's a couple stop-loss rules for you. Get out a pen, piece of paper, write this down. Stop-losses. Rules. One major rule. If you put a position on and you're up X percent on that position, I say X because it's different for different stocks. You have to work on this on your own. I can't literally give you every single detail, but I can give you the big picture that you have to work on. If you're up X percent, could be 2%, could be 5%, whatever. And it comes back to where you bought it. You have to get out of break even and reassess. Now, every time I talk about stops, understand that I use offsets to these rules. So it may be sometimes it comes back to break even, minus 10 cents, minus 20 cents, 50 cents. Depends on the price of the stock, the type of the asset, the volatility. There's a lot more that goes into this. But from a ballpark standpoint, whenever I put a position on and it moves higher, could be more than 2%, 5%, depends on the asset. 
that comes back to where I bought it, it's decision time. When I first put a position on, I'm going to share with you. I'm going to share with you. Somebody, you guys have been asking me, one particular subscriber asked, what percentage is my stop? And I said, I can't answer that question. I don't ever look at it from a percentage standpoint. Because if you bought the stock wrong, the percentage is going to be bigger. Okay, if you buy it right, you can have a tighter stop. It kind of depends on really the right entry point creates the correct stop. So if, you're, if you find yourself getting stopped out constantly, my, my um, suggestion to do is go look at your entry point. You're probably not buying it right. So work on that as opposed to manipulating the percentage of what your stop is. But for me, time and time again, one of my best stop rules, I can't believe I'm sharing this because I worked real hard to figure this out, but I'm going to do it. And maybe I've shared it before. Some of you guys might remember. I literally used the low of the day that I bought the stock as my stop the low of the day I bought it. Because if I made a decision that day and I thought the probabilities were in their, at their best for me and the reward was worth the risk, why is the stock going below the low of the day I bought it? Maybe I didn't buy it right. Maybe my thinking's wrong. I don't know. But I don't mind stepping back, reassessing, and putting the position back on a week later. This is not about my ego. It's about protecting my capital and getting it right. Not my ego. When I say getting it right, I mean making money, increasing my net worth. Okay? So stop losses are notoriously hard to, to figure out. You can't just say 7% on everything or 2% on everything. It's about where you buy it. Consider that once you're up on a position, break even should be your stop. You don't want a gain to turn into a loss. And consider using the low of the day you bought it as a stop. Because if it's taken out that low, something's wrong with your original thought. When I go back statistically and look at all of my biggest successes, they never challenge the stop, ever. It is so rare that an asset goes below the stop and then rips higher. It's rare. Let me show you why. Let me, let me just show you an example. Here's, here's uh, on AMLP, you can see it ran up from the entry point. So the entry point was right. And then it just, the investment idea failed. Okay. So break even should be the stop there. Um, but let's go back and look at Disney. Did Disney ever violate the stop? Not really. Look. The stop in this case is the 200-day moving average. The object is to buy as close to the 200-day as you can on the pullback to make a double bottom. So in here is where you want to be doing this. Oh, I'm not showing it to you, am I? In here, okay, is where you want to be buying this. And it never violates the stop on a closing basis. On a closing basis, it doesn't violate the 200-day. Let's take a look at um, AbbVie. 
right? Here's another huge winner in our portfolio. Makes a bottom, rallies, makes a double bottom. The entry point is right in here where that little white hand is. Okay, there's your entry point, a test of the low that holds and closes higher. So the low of the day I bought it would be where your stop would be. All right, so September 4th, the low of that day is what, 64 or 44. It doesn't even get close to it. It just rips higher. You're looking for these ideas, guys. You put them on and they rip higher. Let's look at IVZ. Here's Invesco. Perfect double bottom I've been talking about, right? Here's a double bottom. The, the entry point really is, again, right in this consolidation in here, you can see. But the stop in this case might be a new low. So I might say to myself on this stop, it should be, it can't take out the low at 10.10, which was 15 and a quarter. It doesn't even get close to 15 and a quarter. Stock's just going up. Do you see what I'm saying? Let's move on. Take a look at Schlumberger. This has been a very difficult market for energy stocks, and yet this entry point was perfect. Double bottom. Okay, again, in here's where you want to buy it. And again, for me on a double bottom, the stop's going to be a new low. Again, it looks like 1010 is the number, um, is the date, somewhere close to that. So that's uh, 30, uh, $30.70 maybe. Stock never gets close to it. Here, how about this one? This is a different look. There's Dow Chemical. We were talking about Dow Chemical on the show. All of these are big dividend payers that have sell-offs over a period of time, but we believe fundamentally our our, the management's doing the right thing to change the business. So now what we use is our algorithms and our quantitative approach to find the right entry point and the right stops. This was a little bit more difficult to figure out, but here's the rally off the bottom, the sell-off, an island reversal, which I love, right? The gap down and the gap up, okay? So this day on this gap up day, that's your entry day. That's the 11th of October. So I don't want it to go below the low of that day. It doesn't even get close, guys. It's just skyrocketing. So I submit to you, why would you want to hold stocks that are taken out the low of the day you bought it? Why? You probably bought it wrong. Now let's look at a loser. Uh-oh. Okay. You all know I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Charlotte's Web. Okay. But that yellow line right there, there's my stop, guys. There's the double bottom setup. There's a consolidation in here, right? We were buying it back right in here. It popped up for one day, reversed and came down. Boom. Takes us out of the low of the day we bought it, which was somewhere in here was the day we bought it, somewhere in here. Takes out that low, you got to get out of the stock. And then, of course, it goes straight down. Okay, let's take a look at MJ. I know you're all interested in that. Now, it hasn't taken out my stop. Okay. Blow it up. There's MJ. It has not taken out my stop. And I've been telling you guys, I'm looking for a double bottom setup in MJ. So I've taken small positions. I started with nibble. Then I added a little bit more. Then I've had to cut out positions like Charlotte's Web didn't work. But we're still long here, MJ. 
I'd love to double and triple that position, but I have to see if this double bottom is going to hold. So far, it's holding. There it says, take a look at, at um, canopy growth. Perfect example. G great call. Great call. There's the double bottom that's set up with a beautiful move here. We could have a real double bottom in place now. Now, of course, they're going to announce earnings soon, so who knows what's going to happen there. But the risk and reward are correct here, and the probabilities look good that the asset's going higher. So you put positions on down here on the double, on the double bottom, knowing probably um, areas like if I was to put this position in the portfolio today, I don't own the stock. If I did it today, the low of today's action would be my stop. Okay? Either that double bottoms for real, and this is, this is the day where it doubles, or it takes out today's low, and we gotta be, we've got to be gone. You, 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 know, you just can't sit around holding and hoping. Take a look at um, Organogram. Higher lows. This stock is outperforming its peers. And don't forget, this is the company with the quality product and the highest margins. And the lowest costs. Highest quality product, lowest cost, best margins. I love this idea. And it's showing its strength by making a higher low while CGC and MJ are making lower lows. Or not lower lows, but double bottoms, testing the low. Okay? Now let's just end with GDX. So let's just talk for a second. GDX, I've been talking for the last week. We're putting a position on to hedge portfolios. Let's see how it does. Will it hold the 50-day and all these types of things? So let's take a look at the videotape, as Wolf Blitzer used to say. Okay, here it is. It gaps up above the 50-day, so we have a little uptrend going on in here. Can you guys see this? What's going on here? Yep, there it is. Okay, see my little hand there? Okay, so we had a little uptrend. We broke out above the 50-day moving average. So if we're, we're long in here, okay, if we're long right in here, then the stop has to be. Once it pops above the 50, when it came back below the 50, we're gone. I'm not waiting. That's it. It broke above the 50. Raised my stop to break even. Gaps down the next day, I'm out. Okay. Let's talk about MO for a second, Harris. Okay. Um, does it fit? There's MO's chart pattern. Seven and a half percent yield. Massive downtrend. I can't get comfortable with the idea yet, but I like where your head is. It's a big blue chip going through a nasty decline, the high yield, and certainly it has the cash flow to cover it. Um, I kind of need the vaping crisis to get off the front page and maybe it will. I just heard Trump say that they're going to come out with some new rules and regulations for vaping. And I don't care what they are. Just get us past the vape crisis. Um, possible. I've already missed the bottom there at 40, right? 
that was the place to do it. The yield was the highest. But for a situation like this, I really need to see some type of a double bottom setup that makes me more comfortable. I want to test that 40 area on more bad news that holds. And then I'll start thinking maybe I'll own this stock. Right or wrong, it's just how I feel. All right, so you're on to something. It's the right idea. But if you look at my process of how I come up with the, um, these big blue chip dividend payers that suffer, what am I really doing? Big company, stock suffers. I believe in the product, right? I'm not buying Macy's because I don't believe in department stores, even though it's a 9% yield, okay? And I think management's doing the right thing to, to, to right the ship. I don't know if you can write the ship in tobacco. It's just one bad story after another. I just can't get comfortable. Right? I've said. So um, to wrap up, I just wanted to talk to you guys real quick about um, this discussion I was having on Twitter yesterday about secondary offerings and shelf registrations. So for beginners, if you don't, um, if you haven't heard of these terms, go Google them, go look it up. There's a whole nice discussion on what a shelf offering is. But the fact of the matter, I'm going to share with you 30 plus years of experience here, doing it a long time. This is simple supply and demand economics. When more supply comes on the market, prices go down in the near term. Period, end of story. Now, you want to tell me once in a blue moon, company does a secondary and the stock goes through the roof? Okay. It happens. It happens. Sure. Nothing's 100%. But statistically speaking, like 90% of the time, when a company is raising more capital, particularly equity capital, could be a convertible debt deal, but that's really equity, so it whacks the stock. Certainly a secondary deal of equity wax the stock. Now, I was not saying on Twitter that just because you've filed the shelf, the stock goes down. Not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is when you file a shelf, it allows a company to do a secondary offering anytime they want with almost no further um, warning. You'll just wake up one morning or at the end of the day in the aftermarket, the stock will be down 15%. The company says, we're doing a convertible debt deal. Whatever. Um, in this particular case with a cannabis company, these stocks, these companies are cash strapped. These stocks have been destroyed. The last thing you want to have happen is for the company to do another equity offering or a convertible debt offering. And so the knee-jerk reaction when someone files their shelf, which is you can file it. You don't, you don't have to file it again for three years. So even if it's at the end of three years and you're refiling the same thing, it just reminds investors that the company needs cash, wants cash, and may be doing things that could be dilutive. And that's just not a good thing for shares in the short term. Just talking the short term. One of my favorite things to do is buy a stock 
when they announce the secondary and it drops 15%. I love it. I love companies I love who do secondaries and the stocks drop 15%, which is the average of what usually happens for a good company that does a secondary. It's a great entry point because that weakness is so short term and because the company generally does a secondary or raises capital when they feel they have something bullish to talk about. Even if the stock's down, they'll go on a month-long roadshow maybe, a couple-week roadshow, who knows? But they're talking to investors and institutions, telling them why their company's going in the right direction and they need this cash. So generally, the roadshow puts the stock up, but the initial news of the secondary whacks the stock. Secret of my success, buying your favorite name after the secondary is announced. Example? Okay, I'll give you an example. I'll wrap up with this. Take a look at this chart. Okay. Here is one of our old favorites. We own this in all of our portfolios, okay? You can see over here, stock gap down, sold off to the 200-day moving average, and they did a secondary right in here. Right in here was the secondary. And the stock has just performed. So it, I don't think the secondary was here when it gapped down. I think they did it somewhere in here, actually. They announced the secondary probably right in here. It gapped down a little bit, came up, pulled back. The deal was done. Now the stock's taken off. Same thing true for this right here. Now, take a look at MPW. See this gap down? They announced the secondary. They just announced the secondary. They're raising more capital. These are both REITs in the medical space. So they raise capital and they put the capital to work and then increase their dividend long term. So the gap down on a secondary is usually a good thing because they're talking to investors about how they're going to take this new capital and invest it in medical properties so they'll be able to increase the dividend over time. But the, the knee-jerk reaction is an immediate sell-off because it's dilutive. Now, we own the stock down here on the 200-day moving average, so I'm not adding to it necessarily right now. But I'm just showing you as an example of what happens when a company does announces a secondary. Okay? So I'm trying to highlight for people that um, cannabis companies continue to bring um, dilution to their um, shareholder base, and that's been very tough on the stocks. Okay? But I love Organogram. And if they actually announced the secondary and the stock went down, God, that would be the time to step up. Okay? We already own a small piece of it right now. All right, guys. I hope this has been helpful. Um, thanks for being here with me. I appreciate your, your time. It always helps me. Give me a thumbs up if you've enjoyed this. Have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you on Monday, 1130. Take care, guys.